I'm Kari Hurd, Life and Mindset Coach, and this is Purpose Unleashed, a podcast for moms who are ready to unlock their fire, purpose, and passion again. Join me along with guests from my badass tribe for open and uncensored conversations that will inspire and empower you to come a little undone, unleash yourself from bullshit stories that have been holding you back, and rediscover the amazing woman you've been all along. Are you ready? Let's go. Hello, Shannon. How are you today? I am doing fantastic. I just made a bed. So you made a bed or like yeah, you made a bed. My parents are coming tomorrow and oh. in between coaching calls and whatnot, I'm doing laundry, I'm podcasting, I'm making beds, I'm cleaning the house, I'm doing all the things. Doing so all I'm the doing, things. I'm doing great. I'm excited. My parents you are coming. You went live this morning. I went live this morning. Yeah, just kind of keeping it going. Are you like, I keep a pretty clean house, but it's like a whole new level when mom's coming, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Growing up every Saturday and Sunday, like if you didn't finish your chores on Saturday, then they spilled over until Sunday, but you weren't allowed to do anything until they were done. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I'm super anal about having a clean home. Yeah. Um, like, and I have two animals. I have a shepherd and I have a long haired cat. So like, there's like tumbleweeds of hair, just like everywhere. Oh, yeah. Yep, and as soon those. as it happens, I'm like, oh no, like the eye twitch happens. So yeah. yeah, when mom and dad are coming, you know, you just yeah. got a clean house. I, I, I feel you. My mom always <laughs> says, I'm coming. So you need it mom clean now. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the notice, mom. Thanks thing. for the heads up. Yeah. <laughs> she will never, ever just pop in for that reason alone. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, okay. So for those who are new to Shannon, tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh my goodness. Um, you know, this question is asked on every single podcast and every time it just has the, this, I like dissertation vibe to it. Like, well, I was born in this hot summer. Um, it it just, it really, you know, it, it pulls that out of me. Uh, who am I? You know, I'm a regular girl who has wild ambitions and, um, you know, isn't afraid to speak up about them and isn't afraid to take big risks and isn't afraid to invite other people to take it too. I believe in the possibility of living a huge life. And because of that, I take what I believe and I put it into what I do. And I'm a writer. I'm an author. I'm a coach. I run programs. Um, that's just what I do. But who I am is down home city girl who loves her family, is ruled by her heart, but isn't afraid to unleash her tongue. Yeah. One of my favorite things about you when I first learned of you and started following you is you were just so unapologetic about who you are. Mm -hmm. And I love that because I think, and I know a lot of the ladies listening and I know for myself, that's something that I've not always been able to do. Mm-hmm. And so when I watch you and I listen to you and like this morning when you were live and you were like, I'm going to ruffle some feathers. And I'm like, I love that so much because I've just <laughs> forever been so afraid to do that. And I'm finally, you know, following people like you and Olivia and, and all, just all the people and going, I get to have a voice and be loud too. And that's really what I want to carry into my listeners, which is why I wanted to have you here. Cause I just, mm-hmm. I love that about you. That part of your spirit is just like, I'm here and I don't give a fuck who's watching or who's listening. I'm just Shannon. 
<laughs> you know, I love that you say that. And that means so much to me. And you know, when I was talking about ruffling the feathers this morning, I was laughing at the same time yeah. um, because, you know, life, it has a lot of heavy moments. There's a lot of lessons and there's a lot of, you know, invitation to pay attention. And that's one of the things I never paid attention to. I never paid attention to who am I? I was more focused always on trying to fit in and make everyone else feel at ease. And as, as long as I was dotting my I's and crossing my T's and not being too loud and not being too aggressive or overdramatic or having, you know, controversial opinions or wanting to go against the grain, then I felt like all was right in the world. And, you know, now after my husband and I, we've, you know, I'm very public about it. We've been through a very long struggle with infertility and I consider it to date the struggle of my life. It's also the lesson of my life. It is, it has brought me to this point. And when you really truly face depression or, you know, moments in your life where you feel challenged, when, yes, I'll say this first. The first time I did a Facebook live, I was like, oh my God, I had like a script behind my computer. My armpits were sweating. I was like, oh my God, oh my God. And I was like, trying to like get through it and just be like very natural at the same time, which so totally wasn't. But now when I go to have a share where I feel something and I feel propelled to share it and I get that moment inside my mind and inside my heart, that's like, this is going to be met potentially with some ruffled feathers. This is going to be met with some people who find this controversial and it makes me laugh. It makes me laugh because on the grand scheme of things, there's so much world to be living. There's so much life to be experienced. There's so much of us that we haven't tapped into yet. So if I have this idea that really just levels some one day, I, I feel it. I feel it because I used to live like that all the time. But I laugh at it now because it's like, this is an idea and I can grow and I can change and I can have a new idea tomorrow, I have a new feeling tomorrow. And if someone is going to be leveled by it, it's not my intention, but I can laugh at the idea of, I remember when this used to hold me back. I remember when it used to terrify me into being basically a mute. I remember what it was like to hide behind everything that I was and show up as everything that I wasn't. And I laugh now because it's just not even a motherfucking factor. Can I swear here? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, sorry. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. Like it just happened. I apologize. So but all of my female friends that are being so kind and downloading and because we just launched last week. So this was like, I know. We're so excited. Thank you. And my, my bestie in the whole world texted me last night. She's like, okay, are you not? Cause like, she doesn't have an iPhone and she's like, what other platforms? And she's like, oh my God, you're on there, but I'm in the car with my kid. And I was like, no, no, do not hit. <laughs> no, no. There's a big E right there. Don't do that. Yeah. I love it. At least you so, warned yeah, her. Good I friend. Did. So yes, we can swear here. You're all good. <laughs> Thank you. So yeah, it's, it makes me laugh because there, I, there were moments of my life where I hid that and I, and I wasn't allowing for that. You know, it's funny you talk, well, not funny, but like I can relate to that so much because my mom and my sister and I, the three of us are very, very close and we, it's, it's been a standing joke with us, but then I always think there's like this tiny piece of truth to the fact that my sister's the favorite one and I'm the perfect one. Oh, and it's always been with this kind hearted sort of, you know, like whatever. And like, right. we, we can pick at each other about it. And then at the same time, there, 
moments when somebody will say something and my mom will go like, well, it's fine because she's the perfect one. And it's always lighthearted, but I'm always like, I just, I don't want to always be fucking perfect. Mm. I want to have dust bunnies rolling around my house. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't, but you know what I mean? Like I just, and I've just, I, I feel that so much because I was that same, like, I was the oldest grandchild by a long period of time. And I was all those things where it was like, everybody was always so proud and all the accolades and mm-hmm. you're such a good girl, such a good girl. And I'm like, ah, yes, but there's also just something inside me. Like, and it, it brought with it a lot of guilt when my marriage fell apart. Mm-hmm. It brought with it a lot of guilt when like my kids would be kids out in public and like having temper tantrums at the restaurant or there was so much guilt that would come when I wasn't being perfect and being that good kid. And so I just, I can hear and feel what you're talking about. Cause I think that's so common. Yeah. And you know, um, my husband and I are still married, but I relate to what you're saying through our struggle with infertility because you know, there was a lot of a facade that I'd lived, like I shared my whole life under up to that point. I was 30. And um, after that, after we had found out, I was struggling with um, stage four endometriosis and polycystic ovaries and um, that it would be difficult to conceive. There was no way to hide it. Mm-hmm. There was nowhere to hide that because now when people ask you, you know, why aren't you having children or when are you going to have children or, oh, it's getting about that time. You're getting older, you're getting up there. You're like, thanks. I forgot. Yeah. Um, if you have a birthday, I thought that was the other direction, yeah. but thanks. Hey, thank you. Right. Um, it became that thing very similar to you. Yeah. You know, when I was younger, I was a presidential scholar, national honor society, mm. never really gave a shit about school, but I just did all those things because it was, you know, quote unquote, what you do. Yep. Um, and according to my parents, this is your job. You're a student. It's your job to excel. And so I could always fake it till you make it under those things and mm-hmm. allow the grade that someone gave me to precede me, right? Oh, well, I'm an A student, so I'm perfect. I'm basically mm-hmm. perfect. I'm doing all the right things. I'm following the rules. I'm that girl. I'm a good, quote unquote, good girl. Yeah. But then when infertility, you know, veered, reared its head, it became the thing that I couldn't hide. I couldn't hide under that. It was what it was. Everybody knew it was happening. And so it was like, there's nowhere to fake it. And so I get what you're saying that wearing the disguise of perfection is only a applicable or form fitting disguise. If you are following the rules, yeah. right? Well, yeah. Uh, and I was having a conversation with my client today. I shared this in the live that you brought up. Um, you know, when we convince ourselves that having a negative thought or a negative experience is going to lead to a negative life, then we get stuck in that pattern. And she was sharing with me about her divorce and how insignificant it made her feel and how broken it made her feel and how unup at appetizing it made her feel. It made her feel like a failure. No man would ever want her again. Who's going to want a single mom with two kids? She, where was the time to be able to flourish in her own business that she was lusting after and salivating over and was her purpose. And she sat in those thoughts and they became the thing that instead of allowing her to pursue the positivity that she felt about herself, the negative thought stopped her dead in her tracks because she couldn't hide from it. 
Yeah. And then it became that thing of, well, if I have these negative thoughts and that must be the sum of my existence. And that's how I related to infertility too. I had these negative thoughts about myself. I got up every day and I went to the doctors and shot myself full of, you know, estrogen and hormones to try and make it all work, but I still kept going. But it becomes the thing that we cannot hide when that's how we define ourselves. Right. Oh, amazing. Amazing. Yeah, it, it's so hard, I think. I think it's so hard. I can feel all those things. I felt all those things after my divorce. And then this is not where this episode was going to go, but we can just really quick. I got out of my marriage and got into another long-term relationship that also ended. And so to do that twice yeah. has been, so starting my business and doing this and reaching out to women and it has been so helpful to find that purpose and to reignite that fire in me. Mm. For me, I'm not doing this for him. I'm not doing this for my mom. I'm not, this is all me. I'm not doing it for my kids. This is me. Yeah. First time ever. And it's just, so anyways, I digress, digress, but that's beautiful. Yes. So that went a little different direction than we were going to start. I invited, (laughs) it's totally fine. We don't care on here. Uh, But I invited you on here because I'm so intrigued with your work around shadow work. Mm -hmm. And so tell the listeners, what exactly is shadow work? So simply put, um, shadow work is allowing yourself to be a whole human. It is allowing yourself to see, you know, very aptly and appropriately since we were talking about this a second ago, it is allowing yourself to see the darkness or the negativity or the ways in which you act that you're maybe not consciously aware of and how they hold you back or what impact they have on you and illuminating them so as to allow yourself to become a full-bodied human instead of looking at them as, oh, well, that's just the way that I am. Oh, when I have fear, fear is a stop. Oh, when these things happened, this, this, is what, this was the reason why I turned out this way afterwards. Instead of looking at it as the excuse, instead of looking at it as an anchor, instead of looking at it as these are the bad sides of me, Shadow work is the opportunity, Carl Jung, who's actually the mm-hmm. psychologist who does a lot, did a lot of work around it, calls it the path of the heart warrior. Because for you to go and look and be face-to-face with the things that you know, but also don't know, haven't faced, haven't dealt with, haven't unearthed, that hold you back and make you feel insignificant or small or like you're not worthy in your life requires a tremendous amount of heart. It requires a tremendous amount of heart for you to have compassion for it. It requires a tremendous amount of heart for you to forgive yourself for it. And requires a tremendous amount of heart for you to be able to alchemize it in the sense of the way that I explain it to people is what I had was an actual experience of visually seeing myself laying down in a gutter with all of my shit, all of my hurt, all of my pain, laying down and grabbing her hand and saying to her, I'm sorry that I have outcasted you. I am sorry that I have thought that I could live without you. I'm sorry that I've shamed you. I'm sorry that I've lived with regret, holding her hand and walking forward with her. Wow. That is a really powerful image. Hmm. I think it was for me too. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's incredible. Um, I think because, and this is kind of what we were speaking to before too, we're taught for so long how to like repress all of that, right? Like yes. 
I'm all about like, love yourself for who you are. But I think sometimes the pendulum swings so far the other way that we ignore that dark part of ourselves because we think that loving ourselves or, you know, being positive about ourselves means that we have to ignore that negative piece. Yes. And so I love this idea of owning it and bringing it to life and nurturing it and helping it. Right. So, you know, going back to what I was talking about at the very beginning of this is that whole fake it till you make it mentality. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's like a saying, you know, it's a slang saying like, you, you know, you can't bust a busta, which is just basically like you can't fool yourself. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, all these things about you, you know, you know, the, the resentment that you have, you know, the hurt that you have and faking it until, till till you try to make it is basically saying that I don't have faith that you can. Mm. I don't have faith in who you are to be able to get to that next level, to be able to do all the things that you want to do, to be able to achieve, receive, succeed, have desire fulfilled. So you're going to have to fake it. You're going to have to be someone else in order to get everything that you want, in order to receive it, in order to embody it, in order to be in alignment with the life that you feel and you know that you see for yourself. Majority of the people, I'd say, no, I'll just say all the people that come into Shadow Work Academy, we have this conversation. And the conversation is first and foremost, can you forgive yourself? And what is it that you expect to get from this program? And are you ready to move forward as you? Mm. Are you ready to acknowledge all the things that you want and be in alignment with that power inside of you, that energy inside of you? That's like, I don't know, man, I'm just a little bit kooky and a little bit crazy enough to believe that I can do all these things. I'm just a little bit wild and feel like this is available for me. I don't know why, but I feel it. I feel it in my toenails. I feel it in my eyelashes. I think that I can be mom of the year and have my own business. I think that I can, you know, achieve a multi-million dollar salary and run an empire by myself. I believe that I can start from nothing and make it happen. I don't know why, but that feeling is in me. Every single woman that comes into Shadow Work Academy feels that way. They've had that inexplainable energy inside them that feels bigger than them. And they're like, I don't know what to do with this. And so they fake it because they don't trust themselves. They don't trust the decisions that they make. They don't trust the energy that they have. They don't trust that they can do it and continue to build upon it because they have conditioned themselves to hold on to the moments where it didn't work out, mm-hmm. to hold on to the things that people called us or said to us or did to us or judged us. And they have decided to hold that in a position of truth, either knowingly or unknowingly. And so that becomes the thing that runs the show. They're only playing half out. And the half that's out is the part of them that they feel is acceptable, digestible, a little less aggressive, egregious, or taboo. So then the shadow that comes to unveil itself to you is not saying stay in the darkness. Stay in the darkness. Go to the place that hurts. Stay in the hurt. It's saying to you, until you see these things, you will never be able to fully live in the light. 
You will never be able to fully actualize your potential because these things will always show up. They're a part of you. That's what the long-term memory does. It reminds you of that time that Jimmy punched you in the stomach on the playground and you're just like, why the hell did that boy beat me up? It reminds you of the time that you walked into the lunchroom in high school and all of a sudden the people that were your friends are no longer wanting to sit with you. They're not your friends anymore and you don't even know what the hell it is that you did. It reminds you of that time that you were in a relationship and you come to find out that you weren't in a relationship anymore and you're, real, and you're wondering what the hell's wrong with me? Beating yourself up over it, trying to find the reason. It allows you to see that there may be things that have happened to you, but there will always be things that happen to you. The light is allowing you to see how you do or do not. And I'm talking in terms of ignoring it, pushing it under the rug, do or do not respond to it. Wow. Um, what? I have like so many questions and I can't even visualize <laughs> any of them because I'm just, oh my God, all the things. So what, just to paint out even, not that you need to paint a more vivid picture, but just for an example, what is like the most common thing that you've seen in the women that you work with that kind of continually comes up? Um, External validation, Mm. right? So it can come in many forms, right? You know, whether you were somebody that, you thought were a quote unquote late bloomer and didn't have boys chasing after you. So you developed this mentality of here's what I need to look like. Here's what I need to act like in order for boys to pay attention to me. And then that morphs into here's what I need to look like. Here's what I need to act like in order to get a job. Here's what I need to look like. And here's what I need to act like in order to be taken seriously as a woman in my field that has an opinion. Here's what I need to look like. I need to behave like in my family in order for people to hear my heart and understand me or take me seriously. It becomes the external validation of this, of this person that you see yourself as that's not necessarily true that then formulates itself into all aspects of your life. Okay. Which goes back to what we were saying before, right? Living, like being that perfect person because that's where you're getting the validation, right? You're getting the accolades, you're getting the good grades, you're getting the, the praise from your parents and your teachers and your family and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so one or two steps, how do we, how does somebody start really discovering those things? Like if I don't realize, cause you, you mentioned it's kind of, sometimes it's knowingly, sometimes it's unknowingly. Yeah. How do I start bringing some of those things to light so that I can acknowledge them and own them? Yeah. So one of the things that, um, I believe, and I coach too, and I talk, I talk about with my clients all the time is if you're feeling a discomfort somewhere in your life, Look at what it is. What am I uncomfortable with? Where am I in a sense of dis-ease? And then ask yourself, what would you change? Mm. Right? What would I change about this? What, feel, what is giving me this, this state of dis-ease? Because if, you're, if you feel uncomfortable, something isn't working. Mm-hmm. Right? Something isn't working. And nine times out of 10... When people feel uncomfortable, what do they do? They go for the fix. How can I fix this? How, how, who can tell me what to do? Just tell me what to do and I'll do that. Versus allowing themselves to look at themselves, 
Mm. and say, I'm uncomfortable here. What is it? Our natural human animal instinct is to defend ourselves, right? You know, somebody throws a water balloon at you. You're not like, I'll take it. No, <laughs> like you like crouch down. You're like, shit. Yeah. Right? Even in the example that we were, ju- that we were just talking about, you know, yeah. you have a boyfriend and they cheat on you. You feel it and you're like, you know, what is it that I, what is it that I can do to fix it? There's nothing you can do to fix it. It's not you. I'm just not interested in this relationship anymore. And then all of a sudden, what do you do? It is me. Mm -hmm. Regardless of what they say, it is me. Right? Mm -hmm. Instead of looking at, okay, well, what is it that I want here? What is it that I want to change? When we come to a place in our life where we are in a state of discomfort, we always look for the fix. How can I cover this up? How can I just get back in the game and, you know, back in the show instead of giving ourselves the opportunity to do what at first, this is why shadow work is the path of the heart warrior. Do the scary thing. Mm. Ask yourself the scary question. What is it that I don't like about this? What do I want to change? Then the next step is to look at how do I change it? Mm. Because the how is not necessarily in more doing, it's in who you're being. And in shadow work, a lot of times it's in who you're not being. Allowing people to walk over you, allowing yourself to be digestible, allowing yourself to make yourself come last. Shadow work means you have to go first. It means you have to take a look at what it is you don't like. So the next step would be after what to change, how to change. And it's not always about the doing. A lot of times it's about who you are or who you're not being. Yeah. I love that. I never even thought of it that way. You know, we spend so much time trying to become this best version of ourselves, but like, and thinking about what do I need to do to be that version, but not what do I need to undo? And I love that. Yes. And it's, it's, when I think of shadow work, I love Stevie Nicks. Do you know who Stevie Nicks is? I, yeah. God, love Stevie Nicks. Love I'm her. better than you. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> Well, I love her. She's the gypsy queen. Yes. And I think about her, you know, she's like a cat in the dark and then she is the darkness. And when I welcome people into the Shadow Work Academy container, I welcome them into it in a place that allows them to take everything that they fear about the darkness and alchemize it. There's a lot of seduction in the darkness. There's a lot of like, even if you think about having a sexual experience with the lights off, you're relying on your senses. So drop out of your head and into your body in shadow work and allow yourself to feel how you fucking feel. Do you not like this? What do you feel about it? Do you not like who you're being about it? Then how do you want to feel? Yeah. It's allowing you to, I just envision like Stevie Nicks, like standing with her arms out, just like spinning in the darkness of just with her beautiful flowing fabric, leather yeah. and lace. And, and that's what shadow work is for me because it's a continual journey because at any moment of any day, someone could say something to you that really hits you, can yeah. really hit you and it can really hurt you and it levels you and it stops you in your track. 
right? Or you get that unexpected bill that you were like, I swear to God, I paid my water bill last month. And it was like, uh, no, you didn't. So now you have to pay double. And you're yeah. like, what the fuck? Yeah. And you're like, holy shit. And then you get really warm and you're like, I don't even know if there's enough money in my bank account for that. And it just levels you, right? Yep. Shadow work allows you to look at, okay, what is it that you're afraid of here? Who is it that you think you can't be? Why is it that you think you can't walk with this? Because a part of courage, because shadow work is the path of the heart warrior, is the capacity for which you are willing to be vulnerable. And through vulnerability, it becomes this huge gateway, becomes a gateway into clarity of self, clarity of thought, clarity of feelings, clarity of confidence. It allows you to see who foundationally you are at your core. Mic drop. <laughs> oh, no, it just, it speaks to me because I feel like this just for me personally, I feel like I'm at this point in my business. So I have 11 days left in my, my 22 year career. Woohoo! Dying. That is so amazing. It is. It's, it is. It's fucking wow. amazing. I know. I don't know what's coming next. I'm excited as hell, but I'm scared as hell. But I feel like I'm on this precipice mm-hmm. of something new. But like I've been trying to weave, I, I feel a catch, right? And so I'm sitting here listening to you going, this is what I need to be doing to get past that and really dig in. Like, what is it that I'm feeling stuck on? What is it that's catching me? Yeah. You know, and I've been talking about it for weeks. I, I, messaged um melissa the energy healer yeah i was like i you know i'm gonna set up a, a one-off with her because i'm like something is caught and i don't know what it is and so just this idea of like you said opening up and being vulnerable and figuring out what that is and being willing to do that work yeah and i so. love that you said that too because shadow work is about energy and you know there's a common misconception of because there's an energy you know, without going too far into it, mm-hmm. there's, you know, low frequency beings and high frequency beings, right? And so in the conversation that most people are aware of and privy to is, you know, be in the light, be a light worker, you know, surround yourself with a white light, all this stuff. And I was in a conversation with my own energy healer and she just outright was like, you know, I don't know too much about shadow work, but like, don't go to the shadow. And like, I let her kind of like finish her little spiel. And I, I just said to her, listen, you know, shadow work is not about latching on to your low frequency energy. It is about you shining the light on it. And the, the, the greatest feeling that I had when I was creating shadow work Academy was I'm getting through the sixth module and I'm like typing it up because I believe shadow work is the gateway to unshakable confidence. Um, And I just had this visualization of me looking at myself in my shadow and I had been seeing it as such a negative thing for such a long time that I just, I felt this energy of me looking at myself and being like, I see you bitch. Like I see you (laughs) because for the longest time I had it her, the energy pegged as being bad or wrong. And now every time that I get tripped up on a low vibrational energy or a low frequency, I am able to go into my shadow, see what it is, ask how it's serving me, find the lesson in it, and then shine the light on it so as to bring both of them together. It's not about making one better or worse than the other because as beings, we, both, we carry both. Right, and you, right? I feel like you need that. 
mm-hmm. and shadow energy as well. Because like you said, you get lessons out of it. There's parts of you that have developed because of that and because of those dark spaces and pieces of that that have turned you into the person you are now. So I can see where those two things work really well together. It's like a whole yin yang thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's the integration of yourself, honestly. And I think that, you know, without going too far into ego, you know, there's an aspect of who we are as beings that we need our ego. We need it to teach us the humility. And part of the lesson of life is to be humble enough to find your lessons. And if we're constantly trying to bury them and push them down, then it's basically like pushing the beach ball underwater. It's going to explode. You know, I tell the story of being in our struggle with infertility and really, really, really being in my shadow Mm -hmm. and yelling at my husband about eating the last piece of Swiss cheese like he had murdered my dog. Like I was screaming at him just uncontrollably. And then you have that moment afterwards where you're like, that was a bit extra. That was... (laughs) I mean, it's just cheese, right? You know, and you have this awareness of, okay, this is what happens when I avoid these things. I'm not integrating them. I'm not alchemizing them. And then I become the person that sometimes I don't recognize. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the the, the visual I just keep having, and maybe it's because I have kids and there was always like the proverbial monster under the bed. And it's like, there is literally no monster. It's just darkness. That's not bad. It's just dark. Yeah. And it it reminds me too of like the way that I envision it again is like your house. And I say this when I'm working with all of my clients, when they come to me and they're like, just tell me the thing to do. And I'm like, listen, (laughs) listen, like it does not work that way. Like your house, you have a front door, you have a back door, you have a side door. Sometimes you have a basement door, you have a deck door, you have windows in every corner of your house. You have an attic. You have a hidden passageway. You have a basement. Sometimes you have a loft that doesn't have anything in it. You have all these bedrooms. You have all this space in your house. You are a very complex entity. And so to pretend that you don't, there aren't aspects of you that aren't shadows would be foolish because in every house there's a shadow. When the lights aren't on, there's a shadow. But in ourselves with our shadows, I consider it like an attic, deep, Mm -hmm. dark in the corner. The lights in the attic are hardly ever on. It's not a space you spend a lot of time in, but there's a candle lit there and the flame is is flowing and it's glowing and it's the kind of candle that just never burns out. Mm -hmm. And that is the candle that gives you complete access to walk into every room and have a light in any shadow. That candle is always lit and that lit is you. It's your knowledge of self. It's your acceptance of self. It's your autonomy of self. It's your confidence with self. It allows you to see all these things. But it's your candle and it's your decision whether you're going to pick it up and allow yourself to walk through every single crevice and every single moment and every single journey of your life to find the lesson. Beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, Something that just came through me when you were talking is just that idea you talked about how it's like you know, giving you this knowledge. And I think so many people are so afraid to tap into that shadow because they're like, Ooh, that means I'm going to show the ugly parts of myself and just listening to you. It's so not that. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and there are moments too, where you will be like, that ain't cute. 
why'd I do that? Like, <laughs> not a good look to be like, I literally screamed bloody murder at my husband over <laughs> eating the last piece of Swiss cheese. Like, it, I'm not even kidding you. It was irrational and pretty much certifiable. But it happened. And there are going to be aspects of shadow work that are going to be like, that was not easy to swallow Mm -hmm. because, and typically when that happens is when we realize that I didn't have to go that route. I didn't have to see myself that way. Mm -hmm. I didn't have to make it this hard, but I, I chose it Mm -hmm. and I did it because I didn't trust to love who I am wholly. Beautiful. You have mentioned your Shadow Work Academy. Tell us a little bit about that if women want to follow up with you, because this is amazing, amazing work that you do on Round This. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I love it. It makes me so happy. It just lights my soul up. And like I said, I every program that I create, I walk through Um, I utilize and um, has definitely served me or else I wouldn't create it. So uh, Shadow Work Academy is a six-week program. It is three weeks, um, two modules each week, Monday and Thursdays. And it is a one-hour training followed immediately by a one-hour one-on-one coaching session. So each program is – the reason why I do that is because When we are looking at our self-defense mechanisms, which are these walls that we've built up around ourselves to protect ourselves from the things that we fear, including ourselves, when those walls are being challenged of being torn down brick by brick, um, the integration period can stop because we're afraid, because we don't want to take it on. We don't want to be challenged. So each module is done in a format of one hour live training followed by a one hour live one-on-one coaching with everybody in the container. The container is very small for that reason. And then I also give reading and writing material to take because what happens when our self-defense mechanisms go up is that we experience brain fog. Like I said, when my clients say, I don't know, I'm like, that's not real. You do know, you just haven't gone in search of what it is yet. And I give them, um, you know, little nuggets of information to allow themselves to push beyond that wall. Not something of like, here's what you should do, but if you're stuck, here's this, try this. Um, And that happens every week for three weeks. And then the last three weeks is continual integration. So the videos stay up, they're live recordings, they can go back, they can rewatch them, they can revisit the um, training materials that are all in PDF printout because I'm a visual person and I like that as well. (laughs) And they also have the community to just ask questions in and I'm available inside of the community for anything that comes up to help um, as they make their journey through their shadow work. Awesome. Where can listeners find you so that they can, if they want to follow up with Shadow Work Academy or they want to reach out to you, where can they find you? So I'm on Facebook every day. Uh, Shannon, (laughs) (laughs) as Kari just said and illustrated, I was live this afternoon. Um, But yeah, I'm on Facebook every single day at Shannon Wooten. Instagram is my favorite place to hang out and um, have fun in my stories at Shannon Wooten as well. And you can find and read the sales page for Shadow Work Academy on lifewithshannon.com. Awesome. And she is also the co-host of Soul in the Raw, which is my favorite podcast ever. To Yay! To. I love conversations so every Friday afternoon. Yes, I love that so much. Oh, you guys are Thank awesome. You. Awesome, awesome. Such well, a good time. 
Thank you so much for being here today. This was amazing, amazing. I think it's just such important work because it's such, it's a piece that people don't often think about because like you, you alluded to many times, it's just, it's scary and it means being vulnerable and it means yeah. looking at the parts of yourself that you might not be the most proud of, but it's such important work to really push into being that most authentic version of yourself. Yeah. And the only thing that I would say is like a takeaway if you're um, considering shadow work or even if you're just, you know, considering working with a coach or a therapist or what is going to best support you in the way that you want to be supported is if you are contemplating those things and you're kind of sitting on the fence, you know, what I would offer to you is imagine what life would be like if you are liberated enough to like you as much as you wanted to like you. Mm. Powerful. We're going to end it right there.